is it encouraged around the SPS offices to just kind of walk around and listen to people and see whose voice sounds nice and who you might be able to strike up a conversation with on air? <laughs> Great pipes over there. Who's yeah, that? who's yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't really do it on it <laughs> in the regular, but uh, yeah, here we it, we were looking for people, but it wasn't a straight recruitment drive. It was more off recommendations and um, yeah, it, it just happened to happen to work. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It is very good to be back. Welcome back to Behind the Podcast. <laughs> Jules is back. I'm back. Yeah, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Behind the Podcast. And this week we're talking to Fiona Williams of SBS from the Eyes on Gilead podcast, which is a recap of The Handmaid's Tale. That's right. So Handmaid's Tale has been going on for what's in its fourth season now. They started doing the recap podcast in season two. But we've not spoken to anyone who does recap podcasts before, and as fans of the genre... Yeah, we wanted to get our head around how they do it. How, what's the production? How do you do it current? How are you dropping it so that it's a good companion piece? What's the approach? How do you spoil? Do you not worry about spoils? There's so much to this space. Yeah, that's right. They try and have it come out around the same time as the episode, but give people, you know, fans a bit of time to kind of react to it themselves. So it's a bit of a richer experience. Correct. And this one's SBS, who also have the broadcast rights in Australia for The Handmaid's Tale. So they are also getting some extra access Absolutely. to talent. Uh, Back when we could travel, nice little junkets over in Canada. Maybe spoilers from the directors and things like that. So I look super interesting. Uh, and SBS also has a pretty rich history with audio. Yeah, they've had SBS radio, obviously, but they also uh, have a translation service for corporations and, and you know advertisers and everything like that, just to make sure that things get translated, but a lot of the context might be missed. So they're pretty rich in that sort of area as well. Yeah. And look, uh, Eyes on Gilead was bronze in the 2020 Australian Podcast Awards for Best Arts and Culture Podcast. As I said, we wanted to go down the recap wormhole, so we figured let's pick one of the best podcasts from last year. But look, if there's anyone who you think we should be talking to in this recap space, we're keen to have a bit of a deep dive and do a few more episodes around this genre. Absolutely. Well, why don't we get started? Fiona, tell us a bit about the show. Uh, I'm Fiona Williams, and I'm host and producer of Eyes on Gilead, SBS's uh, companion podcast to The Handmaid's Tale. Love it. So we're kind of going four layers into the pyramid here. We're doing a podcast today about a podcast, about a TV show, about based on a, a book. book. Yeah. So there was also a movie at one stage. That's yeah, true. All bases covered. We're <laughs> yeah. pretty deep in here. We're folding in on ourselves if we go too far. One of, one of the little sort of uh, behind-the-scenes things for this is we quite often will do a bit of a, a, a binge, I suppose, on a lot of podcasts that we're interviewing and just get the lay of the land. Anthony's listened – or, sorry, watched – uh, a Handmaid's Tale. I hadn't, so I started <laughs> listening to your show and then realised I needed to catch up on the, sh- on the actual show. So I'm not quite as deep in as I would usually be, but I'm coming into the uh, third episode of season two, which is okay. Yeah, because Jules turned around and went, "Wait, episode one is season two? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I've got that's a lot of catching up to do there. <laughs> that throws a lot of people. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. We jumped in. We started with season two, so um, yeah. What was the, I guess, the impetus to starting the podcast? Mm. Well, um, in my team at SBS, we'd done a couple of recap style podcasts. Um, we'd done one for Batman Land. We'd done one for the 60s Batman, which had been on SBS Viceland yep. and On Demand. Super cool. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and tried it again with um, The Good Fight on SBS. Uh, yeah, so we'd been in that kind of space of the recaps and it was someone in my team, it was Dan Barrett who suggested it to me that we should do one on Handmaids. Um, sorry, I'm a bit breathy. <laughs> um, 
He's the producer of Hamad's uh, of Eyes on Gilead as well. Yes, he was. Yeah, for okay. that first season. Yeah, so he um and had initiated Batman Land, etc. Um, and yeah, he said there's something in this Handmaids that you know it inspires conversations. And I admit, I first said, hmm. <laughs> Because also it, it, this was for season two of the show. So I feared had we missed our moment with mm. starting this. Um, and also, you know, you have to get it right. You, with It's Handmaid's Tale. It's dealing with heavy stuff. It yeah, has to be the right kind of a show. Quite a passionate audience of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all parts of it. Yeah. Very engaged audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, gave us some thought and hit on the idea of like a book club sort of a style, a chat. It's an opportunity for a catch up. You go into the themes, but also it's about the chat. So, yeah, when we hit on that, then it was like, okay, yeah, there is something in this. So then then we're on. And how did you bring the team together, Fiona and, and Santa and Natalie? Yes. Um, we it originally started just myself, um, Nat and Sana. Um, they, they work at SBS. So we looking for – or Natalie I knew from – she was managing editor of SBS Voices, um, co-managing editor. Absolute TV nut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also with SBS Voices, that site is all about female stories, um, you know. So Natalie was – and she's got a great voice too, so that helped. Um, and Sana, I met through this process. Um, she came recommended and worked in News and Current Affairs. Um, yeah, and instantly we clicked and, you know, she's Canadian, mm. has worked all over the world. So, it, like, there's so many levels that we yeah. all bring that were different. To bring to the text mm. and different points of view. Yeah, yeah, well, you were looking for different perspectives in terms of, uh, I believe, um, Sana hadn't read the hadn't read the book yeah. and is Canadian, so she's got that Canadian reference point, yeah. but then also I'm looking at this as a TV show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it started with the three of us, but then we realised this weekly drop deadline of the series we need a backup in case one of us can't make it. Um, and as it turned out, I had to take um, leave for in the first season there. I had a death in the family. So Haiti came on board then and then she just stayed because she was fantastic and brings another perspective. Mm. Um, yeah, so the, the four of us, just it's just that dynamic that, that clicked. Is it encouraged around the SPS offices to just kind of walk around and listen to people and see whose voice sounds nice <laughs> and who you might be able to strike up a conversation with on air? <laughs> Great pipes over there. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't really do it on it <laughs> in the regular, but uh, yeah, here we we were looking for people, but it wasn't a straight recruitment drive. It was more off recommendations, and um, yeah, it, it just happened to happened to work. So you're a bit of a uh, film nut, I suppose. Yes. Is that safe to say? Very safe to say. Yeah, yeah. Long, well, film critic and long time um, film journalist for for too many years, but uh, yeah. So I kind of bring that um, critic kind of a. And when Lens did you come it? over to SBS and, and what was the capacity when you first joined with them? Yeah, well, I joined – I've been there a while. I've racked up long service leave. I um, joined when the last incarnation of the movie show um, stopped on air and that became a website. So that um, – you know, it's almost 13 years ago. And so I built the movie's website. This is pre-on-demand. Um, yeah. It was a straight review kind of a website, but it's morphed. As there's just been more, <laughs> more content, to talk about on SBS. Yeah, more yeah. content available yeah. all the time, really. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> so what was this sort of um, path like, I suppose, as, as you know, technology increases and SBS On Demand comes out and then also you know, the rise of podcasting? Mm. When, did the, when did the recapping format or even like you know, reviews on podcasts and everything start to click with the SBS team? Yeah, well, we have a radio division at SBS, so you know, in multiple languages, and They've been doing podcasts. Um, some of them are 
versions of the radio program mm-hmm. released as a podcast, but there, there's also a dedicated podcast team, you know, making great content out there, you know, in languages. Um, and so that was kind of that department chugging along. Um, but in my team, yeah, we realised this is something with, with our shows. There are these fan bases. And with my team's remit, we're um, it's about covering our own content, like yeah. in article form, but then to just have these conversations off air, you know, you're in someone's head, it's very intimate. Mm. Um, and just, you know, we hope that all the program's engaging. <laughs> so you want to have that further conversation. So Absolutely. Especially with that intense source material. Yeah. And you do another podcast as well, a playlist? I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one is um, more of a review conversation format. I do that with Ben Nguyen, mm. who is the channel manager of SBS and SBS Viceland. Uh, so that's a chat. It's really just about the best things we've been watching, recommendations, um, not solely SBS. Um, it's that one is a bit broader. Yeah, a yeah, bit very of pop much. culture as well. In yeah. There. yeah, yeah, and interviews. Um, you know, we'll, we'll if there's you know we'll think of something to recommend each week aside from the general conversation we're having. But yeah, that, that's fun. Had, had you done much um, on TV or radio uh, prior to the podcast? No. So this was a bit of a new experience for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, no, the playlist was the first one, and I'm embarrassed to tell you how long it took to record that first episode. <laughs> Very microphone shy. Uh, yeah, you know, start a sentence and kind of be too self-aware and stop talking and then none of it's useful. So, yeah. We've been there. Yeah, <laughs> Very relative newbies as well. So I can definitely sympathise very recently. Yeah. <laughs> and when did you start to feel like you were kind of catching your stride and, and you know, making headway with it? With? With just your presentation and, and everything. Because right. you... You know, listening to the podcast, you sound like an absolute professional. Oh, and well, the live well. shows as well. You're doing live shows. Oh, well, rolling. that's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a new one. Um, event management now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, you just have to take your ego out of it, don't you? You can't be too fixated on your the speed at which you talk, potentially. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, it was really with Gilead, I have to be honest. It, just when it realised we found an audience and, um, yeah, it just seemed to really click. That was when, okay. Maybe maybe this is something. <laughs> let's go to Gilead. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Gilead. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not actually go yeah. there. What a horrible place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're doing. It was 25, roughly kind of 25 minute episodes. You know, post episode, unless there's an interview on there. Yes. What's the process like with getting one of these things up? Because I, I listen to a lot of recap. Uh, podcasts and I'm always just amazed at how quickly they do go up and how like great their insights are because I sometimes sit there at the end of a show just going what has just happened and take yeah. a little bit of time to kind of reflect on what I've just seen or heard or whatever yeah but you seem to have these great conversations straight away about the thing that seemingly just come up are you you know being in SBS are you getting a bit of advanced we do get screeners yeah yeah, yeah. um so we're we're currently operating sort of a week ahead. Okay. So episode four went to air last night, but I've seen five. So we're recapping that tomorrow, actually. Uh, and so we have that buffer and we don't watch it together. We get the links and try not to speak about it. Yeah, <laughs> and so watch. Cool. I personally watch it twice. So mm-hmm. I watch it once as a fan just for the story and then second time for the analysis to pick up things. Um, and, yeah, we... Occasionally with a big episode, like we've got a WhatsApp channel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> WhatsApp chat happening, and sometimes we can't help ourselves and go, ah, episode learn, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, yeah, then it's not fair on the people who haven't seen it because then you're wondering what everyone's reacting to and it takes you out of it. So, no, we come in fresh. Yeah, we each bring our own notes and whatnot. I've got a general sketch of what we want to talk about. Mm. But, um, yeah, just kind of throw it out there for conversation. We record it 
7.30 in the morning okay. <laughs> at SBS. Okay, which day are you recording? On Fridays, okay. typically. Yeah, um, so that's when the episode has gone to air on a Thursday on main channel SBS and then... So we get tweets from that episode, but then we're recapping the next one the next week. Right. So you're fully prepped before the episode comes out, as in the episode goes live on TV. Yes. But you're waiting for it to come out, have a bit of reaction, and then record first thing. Yeah, because we were... That's smart. Well, yeah. we were finding... Because three episodes dropped, you know, in the first week here. Mm. Then there's episode four, and we got five, and we were... Look, thinking ahead, and I thought we're halfway through the season before it's even gone to air if we just recap those. And then you're sort of in this bubble that you don't know how the audience is responding to the show either. So, um, you know, we do call out for tweets on Twitter and whatnot and read out some of the best ones at the show. So we needed a bit of that. Otherwise, we'd be halfway through the season without any knowledge of how it's tracking with audiences. Yeah. yeah. And, and how long would a record take usually? Uh, let me think. Um, kind of an hour, maybe an hour 20. Yeah. Okay. And our episodes have got longer. You did say 25 minutes. That's, yeah, we've yeah early days. Got a little, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a little elastic there on the running time. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes off to be edited. Yes. Well, Jeremy Wilmot here is the star. He He's our technical kind of whiz. And um, the way we record, we're sort of in a circle and he brings out the Madonna mic. So we kind of, because I talk with my hands. And um, it. yeah, it's great. Uh, and so he records us all separate channels and goes away and weaves his magic because. You know, he puts in the underlay of the show and the audio. The, we reference the audio a lot and the music, so it just brings it, makes it sing. Oh, it's really powerful, the opening. Yeah, well, and very excellent choice of quotes mm-hmm. too. He sort of marries it sometimes a bit of a wink with the quotes he chooses. Yeah. And what time is it going live then? Uh, well, we sync it when it goes live and on demand. Okay. So um, uh, super fans might have noticed it's gone a little early. In the last couple of weeks, it's been a surprise drop, um, which we followed suit with Hulu in the US. They've... It's a reward for having to wait so long for this season. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so when it goes live at On Demand, that's when we go live too. So, um, yeah. Just oh, so that when you watch it, it's there for you to recap. I think that's important. Jules was saying before is you watch an episode and you go, wow, okay, what do I do with this? Mm. How do I decompress? I look at my wife, we have a chat. Ah, she thinks I talk too much, so that goes badly. (laughs) So instantly looking for other outlets to go and digest this information. I mean, for me, this started with Mad Men. I just, Mm. okay, that's finished. I've just got to go consume as much content as possible to work out what the hell just happened. Does it? Do you feel that also with the material that you're dealing with with The Handmaid's Tale, People also just looking to sort of decompress mm. and just sort of process, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like it's heavy stuff. You know, sometimes it leaves you on a on the verge of a big cry or something. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it, sure. it, yeah, and you feel, like you say, you just, where do I put these emotions? Um, <laughs> so that that's a lot of the feedback we've got is also from people who don't watch it with a partner or a friend or and they don't have anyone to sound off with um, and their friends don't watch it so they can't talk to them. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Wonderful feedback that we're kind of the friends that they wish they could yeah, talk to with. It's one of the great things about podcasts is you know, there's so much content out there, and you're never just having that sort of you know broadcast. Everyone's watching the same thing at the yes. same time yeah, anymore. That and yeah. that's, that's right. it. And so finding your your tribe, I suppose, of people who are you know into this, mm. or even if it's just listening to people talk about the thing that you're so passionate about, yeah. it really it's, it's a lovely thing. <laughs> Absolutely. 
When did you start to think about bringing interviews? Had you did you sort of have a bit of a, a plan up front that you know you'd be able to have access to various people from the show and everything? That was always the hope. Mm. Um, in our first season, which was season two of the show, yes, it was um, the hope that we'd get interviews, and you know we had. I think one of the first ones was the um, costume designer. Yep. Yeah, we've had Bruce Miller, the showrunner, on a couple of times now. Um, and that season, um, Anne Dowd, Aunt Lydia, was in Australia Yeah. shooting a Foxtel show. So, yeah, we made inroads to try and get her on the show and pulled it off. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so what was that like, being, you know, this... Very key figure in the show, and I'm pretty fresh with this, but she carries a lot of weight. <laughs> was it a bit intimidating? Like, um, in in theory, yes. Did but, you check um, her for cattle prods? <laughs> <laughs> she could not have been less like Lydia. Um, no, wonderful, wonderfully warm. Um, you know, we were at her. She was staying in Coogee because she was out here shooting a Foxtel show for a couple of months, so she had an executive apartment in Coogee. Um, you know, her husband answered the door, and it was just. Beautiful Saturday morning kind of yep. interrupting and out on her family. We took over her lounge room. She just, yeah, was up for a chat and it was fun and, um, yeah, fa- fant- fascinating conversation. Yeah. Because that was the whole year with um, Trump and the uh, mm. correspondence dinner where Aunt Lydia had been referenced with the eyeshadow of um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So, yeah. yeah, it was all that very topical kind of stuff too. I mean, the parallels with what was happening politically in America and, you know, around the world, really, yeah. uh, it's just incredible how it's just aligned so closely to the way that these seasons have kind of rolled out and from when the show started. I mean, you got to, like, the book itself was written so long ago. Mm. 1985, right? Yeah. 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 It's just incredible. Yeah. And, and to be so far beyond the book, but so close to the actual, you know, ideas and themes that are in there, it's, it's a bit nuts. That's it. Well, you've been watching Jules with your pregnant wife that's right how's Oof. that been yeah i mean it definitely, she, her perspective of- <laughs> it's definitely a bit of an eye i mean you know our sort of process was a bit more traditional to well traditional again is probably the wrong word in the context of <laughs> careful <laughs> child, but, but yeah i mean it's a bit more uh utopian rather than dystopian so <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it definitely does make it bring some emotions pretty close to the surface when you are you know thinking about these things and and you know the, the vessel that is, you know, someone's body, mm-hmm. how it can be absolutely exploded. I mean, it's, yeah, it's full on. It is full on for everyone brings their own perspective to it. It just gets you. It gets under your skin, this show. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the actors that you've spoken to from the show and everyone in the show, I mean, from an actor's point of view, I think they just wait for these kind of roles that they can really sink their teeth into and finally one Dream comes of them. alone. Yeah. yeah, they must just adore talking about it. Yeah. No, no, they do lap it up. Um, and on the interviews... So last season, which recap season three, um, we had a lot of them. There was a junket that happened in, in Toronto, so I was able to get... Pre-COVID, you, was uh, it you who went on set? Yeah. yeah. See how I wove that in, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no. Back no. in the before times when we could go places, but um, on set, so we had access to you most to people. houses, didn't you? As well? Yeah, Commander Lawrence's house, oh. yeah. It was amazing. It was a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, then went, went to one of the location shoots. So it wasn't a day with a June element to the story, so it was a Fred and Serena episode. So we got them and we got Rita, the Martha. Um, mm. Yeah, it was – yeah, so that way it was everyone – it was a massive day. Um, but I was able to get all the audio for that we could roll out across the season when those relevant storylines dropped because they, I had to sign an NDA. They did tell me yeah. <laughs> major plot lines. But, uh, 
yeah, so we spoke to those elements. This house will burn down. Yeah, pretty was much. He, yeah. Were you given a hint or something? Was he? Yeah, well, they said it outright. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in the previous season, actually, yeah, Bruce yeah. Miller had hinted and we didn't pick up on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went, oh, you literally meant that. Okay. Yeah, I loved you. I, I haven't seen that yet, so that's oh, just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talking about Bruce Miller, uh, in one of the uh, shows you were talking about, you know, the, the book was written years ago. They've gone past that text and they're yes. writing it as they go along. He has done a bit of a thought exercise of could this thing be taken out to 10 seasons? I mean, is that still the plan there or do they give you any indication on how long this might run for? Yeah, um, I have asked him about that since and he sort of said, did I say that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then also what's now happened is Margaret Atwood's written the sequel, Testaments, The Testaments. Yeah. yeah, so that sends it off in a different... And that's it 15 years yeah, later, I, I think, think something so. around that range. and About that, mm. yeah, because there's some children that in the episodes we're seeing that you know, they're sort of teens or adolescents. And yeah. lovely, you're able to jump into that moment as well when there's a break between seasons but the book comes out and then you're able to do a book review and a mm. live show about it, I believe. Was that right? Yeah, book yeah. club. Yeah, book club, it yeah. was um, – yeah, when they announced the drop date, we are like, well, we've got to get the band back together and yeah. do a book club here. Uh, yes, and it's been tricky this season how much to say about the book mm-hmm. because it is set in the future so – um, it's hard to spoil, really, because it's not June's story that's covered in the book. Mm. But, um, yeah, we're referencing it but not going all out with major plot points. But I don't think everyone has read the Testaments, but yeah. um, they should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you change up the sort of style that you were going to do the, the book review with? I mean, you've certainly given yourselves you know, a lot to read and watch and, and be a participant in. <laughs> Same format, really. We went away and Read it twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> lots of post-it notes in that copy. The same format, really. I was more diligent in that book club than I am in my regular book club. <laughs> <laughs> the regular one isn't being recorded, so you, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can make a few mistakes there. That's true. And how about the live shows? I mean, what Ugh. was that like pulling them together? Just the one so far, but um, that was wild. Um, it was, I think we had about two weeks since the initial idea to doing it because the season was wrapping up um, and, yeah, we had a couple of tweets about it like, oh, when are you guys going to do a live show? Um, had never occurred to us. And then it sort of we did think, okay, maybe, yeah. but also if we throw a party, will people come, you know? Mm. like, But, uh, no, it did happen. We we went, were at the Factory Theatre in um, Marrickville, yes, and showed the final episode and then came on stage to recap it and get some audience interaction. You know, people came up to the mic. And the final episode had already been out for a week. And yeah. then it was sort of a chance for everyone to watch it again. I guess a real hardcore to watch it again. Yeah. That's a really fun way to do it. It was. So yeah, well, we did. People our- dress up and... There was dress ups. <laughs> there was a Lydia. There were a few handmaids. It was so good. It was great. Great to uh, you talk about finding your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you, you have that sort of tribe, but you're, you're so far away from them quite often. And there's live shows. And I, and I Stocks has done a few with his various shows. But having the ability for everyone to kind of like meet, and it must just be this sort of apprehensive moment where. You just you really want to go up and say hi to people, and but they're complete strangers, really. But you're so close. <laughs> That's right. yeah. yeah. What was the feedback from the audience? I guess. Oh, look, get to mingle afterwards, and yeah, yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, there's the bar down at the um, at the factory. So yeah, it was great to meet people and just, you know, like you say, you don't. We talk in a. It's the four of us talking in a room with Jeremy and 
7.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Haiti had her baby that season. So, yeah, we had she had little baby Greta on her um, while we were recording. And then so everyone was very excited because baby Greta came out for a, for a moment. <laughs> yeah, to meet people, to realise, you know, this means something to people. It's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, I guess we're really just numbers on a yeah. download. Oh, that's another yeah. X number. Great, great. Yeah. It's, oh, no, there's human beings who are really, you know, feel like they've got a relationship with yeah. you as well. Yeah. Do you do much in, in terms of uh, working with the working with the community, but like <laughs> audience <Outreach>. engagement? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there other ways to engage with the audience outside of the live shows? Uh really just Twitter. The, mm. there's a we yeah, the encourage the hashtag um, eyes on Gilead and yeah, it's it fires up. Once it starts airing in the US, we do get a few we've got some inter- a few international listeners and um yeah, it starts to fire up each time the episode's there. And, people, you know, people put their own feedback. Um, call us out on things if we yeah. miss something. Mm-hmm. It happened, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. So, yeah, we, we interact there. That's kind of our main source of um, of the feedback. Well, five weeks into the season now, are you going to do another, another live show if that gives you five weeks lead time? <laughs> is there any plans in, in place? I think it depends on how the world is. Yeah, you know? true, true. Yeah. Walking into this recording today, we've yeah. just been told we've got to wear masks again. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very true. Like our first episodes this year, it was more I was away, so we did it over Zoom, which was weird, but that's how the world is now. Um, but, yeah, we've done a couple in person. But, yeah, we just thought that's an achievement to get us all in the room to be able to do it. So, I mean, never say never, but... Yeah, if, if there's interest, we'd absolutely do it again. Um, but we'll see. It seems that it's quite an advantage being SBS and being the organisation with the broadcast rights gives you incredible access. I mean, as you've outlined before, dream guests? Oh, well, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is yeah. is um, the goal. Oh, Margaret Atwood, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. Yeah. So they're our white whales. But uh, yeah, we live in hope. And, and is it a pretty stiff campaign trying to get to them or is it? You know, we've put it out and we'll see what we've happens. We've put it yeah. out there. Um, I, you know, I think Margaret Atwood, she tends not to go on podcasts. She, you know, mm. does um, one interview <laughs> maybe with Time magazine or something. But, yeah, um, yeah you know, we live in hope maybe. Yeah. yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Moss has a bit on with, what, directing three episodes this season? Directing three episodes. EP. Yep. She's lead a, actress. She's got a lot on and then she moves <laughs> on to the next project anyway. So she's always working. Yeah, um, and she doesn't choose like really just light subject matter does she yeah. definitely no. there's a bit of a trend i suppose yeah and they're not just a cameo either you know no no yeah, it must be just yeah, a fair amount of graft in there yeah it's amazing are there are other shows from sbs point of view where like the success of this has that prompted them to look through you know what else is coming up and and use this as a bit of a you know a format ongoing we do think that yeah sometimes it's funny it's sort of oh can we do a Eyes on Gilead on that. It's sort of, I mean, maybe. It, again, it totally depends on the subject matter. Mm. If um, it, it wouldn't want to be covered too much elsewhere, you know, it, it's just you have to find the right um, project and the right team of presenters yeah. to match to it. So, I mean, we are super fans. <laughs> so, it's you know, you need someone who genuinely is. Otherwise, it could smack of being a marketing that's podcast, right. you know, yeah, like it just has to have that authenticity, genuine enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, fairly unique subject matter in terms of just how how powerful it is. There's, mm. you know, not every show has is this good. No, I mean, to yeah. just put it simply, yeah, mm. yeah, and it, it operates on so many levels as well. So it's it, that's there's a surface story, but then there's the whole cinematic way it's put together that, yeah, we'd love to unpick. 
Yeah, I mean, have you found that that's been pretty incredible? I mean, coming from you know a passionate film background to the way that the TV shows are now run out, and they've just mm. in a lot of ways eclipsed. I suppose you know movies are taken up by comic books and things like that primarily now. So there's this rich, you know, long form way that they can tell these stories. I mean, have you found yourself moving across more to TV shows than film? Um, probably not more, but um, I don't watch anything to the degree I watch Handmaids. Like I, I with say with the playlist, we're covering new shows, and but I'm not watching all of those shows. I'm watching a few episodes to get a sense to be able to talk about it, but probably tap out <laughs> after yeah. that on a lot of them. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I watch so many movies and festival movies too, and like just mm. just trying to find those gems you know yeah absolutely so there is still some good stuff being made that's yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> it's not all marvel versus dc but yeah <laughs> we're gonna get calls now aren't we <laughs> uh we also like to talk to all our guests about the other podcasts that they're into given that this is a podcasting show um are there any that particularly leap out to you they can be you know don't have to necessarily be recap or on tv shows mm. is there anything else that's that you're into at the moment um well i must confess since my commute has gone down to nothing mm. <laughs> i'm still working at home like that has taken out a lot of my podcast listening time but uh that said i'm too involved in american politics and podcasts that way so i'm trying to tap out of those a bit more than i was last year mm. um or yes. not even just last year but yeah yeah um but for some light relief i love um do you need a ride the karen kilgariff and chris fairbanks um it's u.s um, oh, what's that about? I haven't heard it. Um, well, it, the original format, the Do You Need a Ride, was it's Karen Kilgariff who did, um, does My Favourite Murder, but this was her first one and she and Chris Fairbanks, two comedians, it was the premise was to go and pick up comics arriving in LA from the – do an LAX pickup obviously, and then record in the car, take them to where they have to go and record a podcast in the interim. Yeah, it's fun. It's just fun chat. Fun. Yeah. Show. Oh, this is going to be boring. This American Life. I listen to a bit of that. No, no, the classics. Uh, you know, More time for the <laughs> All classics. The, hits, the OGs. Yeah. Um, what have you got? To, what should I? What should I um, listen to? What do you think? Um, well, I've got another couple of seasons of Eyes on Gilead to go, so that will <laughs> occupy me as well as the TV show. <laughs> You're not going to tap out at the end of this? <laughs> no, I'm hooked now. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it gets you. No, we're, I guess we're kind of like you are with the cons- consumption of movies and films and things mm. like that. We, you know, we'll prepare for every podcast interview we do by consuming as much as we can. So yeah. that focuses our consumption with the odd... <laughs> Sort of maybe this afternoon because we've done an interview today. I'll listen to some guilty pleasure on the way that's home right. or yeah, something that's, right. that's just completely different, just to change the headspace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why it's not on the comic podcast. It's just a light chat. Have a have a laugh. <laughs> and finally, how about advice for other podcasters, wannabe show recappers, mm. critics, even? Yeah. Um. Well, I think, like we were saying, you know, I was so self conscious starting out. Um, just give it a go, <laughs> you know, like it, it um, don't get in your head too much because um, everyone is funny about hearing themselves um, recorded. So you do have to push past that. Uh, it's tricky, but um, yeah, with, with criticism, there are so many more platforms now that you, you can, you, know, you can have your own website. Um, Twitter is there mm. for short takes to get noticed and whatnot, but you know, when I first started out, it was literally print press and free um, reviews for Film Inc. back when it was a street press magazine. But, um, yeah, just hone your skills. Reach out to critics you like. I think people would 
be really flattered to know that you like their writing and how they can give you some tips. So I think, you know, again with Twitter, people are there. Give them a give them a shout. See if there's um, any tips they can do. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in today and sharing a few words with us. Thank you. Really appreciated it. Thank you very much. Loved it. Love what you're doing. Oh, look. <laughs>